0: This is Greg Vickauer. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm excited to be bringing the second message in our series. Do you remember our series? From surviving to thriving, right? There it is. From surviving to thriving. So, you know, many of us went into 2020 and we thought, wow, this is going to be a wonderful year. Little did we know, bam, right? About February or March. But it doesn't matter what it is we're going through you know I, I was if we start twenty twenty one i can 't tell you what 's going to happen tomorrow, next week, or next month haven 't we learned that by now? right? But what I can tell you is that no matter what 's going on around you, you can go from surviving to thriving because of what God says in his word and and last week, Pastor Ed brought a message on faith. And you know what? If, if you weren't able to listen to it, I apologize. We had internet problems last week. You know, the first uh, service live stream, it, it was not working well for us. We, we got a second service up late. But we always have our services posted online after, after the two live streams. It's usually Sunday afternoon. I think last week it took us until Monday because the internet was down all day Sunday here. But we, we did find out it, it was a, a construction accident on Queen City Bridge. It melted the fiber optic cable and, and all, of our, all of our internet was gone in the city for, for that day. But last week, Ed talked about faith. Faith is foundational for what God wants to do in our lives. There's, there's no place you can start. He, he said, okay, faith is one of the most important words or the most important word outside the names of God because Hebrews 11.3 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And this morning, we're going to be talking about fear, I've entitled the message, Why Are You Afraid? And you know, you're going to hear about faith today because with faith being foundational, you can't talk about other subjects without it coming back to faith too. So so just get ready for that. Um, I want to let you know we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. and We're going to read some passages out of of Mark 4. So I'm giving you the heads up that after we're done reading, I'm going to kind of ask you a bunch of questions. You could consider it a pop quiz, all right? If you remember pop quizzes back in school— just to make sure we're all on the same page, we're all kind of seeing it from, from the same perspective, but as we go through the pop quiz, the good news is it's open notes, an open book, all right? So if you have your phone, I'd like you to get out your phone and, and put, you know, tune into New Living Translation. That's the one we're going to read from the most this morning. We're going to be in Mark 4. If you've got your hard copy Bible, that's wonderful. Whatever your jam is, like open up your Bible. Let's look at Mark 4 and read it together, okay? We're going to start in verse 35. 35 to 41, and it says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although the other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, and the disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher! Don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word says of itself, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you take the word of God today, make it personal to each one of us. God, I pray that we would hear something from your spirit today and it would change us, God. We, we open up ourselves, Lord. Give us ears to hear and hearts to, to be listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to start out this morning with a picture. Anyone recognize This lake? Have you ever seen it before? Beautiful, isn't it? That lake is the lake that they were crossing. This is the Sea of Galilee, right? That's what it looks like. I thought, you know, picture's worth a thousand words. Can you notice the mountains on the other side, right? The Sea of Galilee is actually 980 feet below sea level. I know, kind of crazy, right? A sea below sea level, but it's below sea level, and and it's got mountains all around it. So I want to show you another lake. Anybody recognize this one? This one's in New Hampshire. What's that? It's not Winnipesaukee. I know. Kind of looks like Winnipesaukee. What? Glen. Not Glen Lake. This is Newfound Lake. Right? A lot of lakes in New Hampshire, they do have mountains around them, but Newfound Lake is very personal to me cuz I was sailing there last fall. And I can tell you from experience when the wind comes over the mountains onto the lake, it gets crazy in a hurry. Like the wind can shift like that. It comes out of nowhere. And in a, in a very, you know, fast second, you are in trouble when you thought you were just out for a nice, wonderful sail, right? So, so when the disciples are telling us that this was a crazy storm, when I look at the mountains around the Sea of Galilee, I'm like, okay, I got your number. I'm tracking with you. I'm, I'm understanding how crazy it could be. So let's get on to our pop quiz. First question, what time of day was it when they ventured out? It was nighttime. Good answer. It was evening. Whose idea was it to set sail? Jesus, sorry. Right. Say it with a little more emphasis, right? Don't be so timid. It was Jesus' idea to, to set sail. Um, were they alone when they set out? No, there was other boats with them. When did the storm come? Soon, right? Shortly after they left. Soon after they left. And what was happening in the storm? What was going on? Jesus was sleeping. Yeah, but what else was going on but, like, while he was sleeping? High waves doing what? Crashing over the front of the boat. So again, I love to sail. I've been out on the ocean. And, and I've been out there where all of a sudden, like, whoa, what happened? The waves just get really big all of a sudden. And you notice you're kind of going up a wave. And when you go down the wave, you kinda, your bow goes into the next one right? That's what starts to happen when the swells get taller. And as your bow goes down, like, it's scary because all this water comes right over the front. And you're like, wow, I got to get out of here. This is, this is not safe anymore, you know? And so that's what was going on. The disciples could see this. There's water filling up into their boat. Um, Now, if if you've never sailed before, when water starts to fill up your boat, right, it adds extra weight and it kind of will slosh with you. So when when you're on attack, the the wind is coming on one direction and what's happening? It's pushing you over. So all the water is on this side. All of a sudden, when the wind shifts and the boat goes this way, all that water goes zoom. And it's like, you know, five 300-pound men go from one side to the other side. And it can just capsize you in an instant. So like they're getting worried The water is filling up the boat. This is not a good situation. So then they say, uh, the last question of the quiz, what were they afraid of? What did they say to Jesus? What was their fear? They are afraid of drowning, right? That's that's a good fear. To, To be afraid of drowning in that situation, that's a good fear. All right. So now that we're on the same page, we understand the story. Let's look at what happened when they woke him, right? Verse 39 says, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly, suddenly, like just put yourself there, suddenly in the middle of all this wind and all this waves and this water crashing over the front, shoom, it just stops. Did you ever go out early morning on a lake like when it's glass? I'm sure it went from that crazy like 10 foot swells, 15 foot swells, who knows, to Nothing. It's just glass. It's, it's so calm. So who was Jesus speaking to? It said he rebuked the wind and the waves, right? Who was he speaking to? I'm not asking what was he speaking to. I know it says he was speaking to the wind and the waves. But I believe there's something deeper here. See, so often Jesus talks to the natural, but it's got a spiritual component to it, right? And, and if we only read this in the natural, I think we're missing what's going on. And, and the reason why I say that is the, the, the Jews at the time, they missed Jesus because they were looking for a natural king, but he wasn't a natural king. He wasn't going to take over Rome. He was a spiritual king. And that's why they missed him. And, and I think if we look at this just in the natural, we're going to miss really the, the whole point of the story. So I, I say that, and I, and I want to lead us to this next scripture. This is Ephesians 6.12. Now, if you're taking notes and you, and you don't know these scriptures, like, these are scriptures, frankly, you know, from a little boy. I've written these things down on index cards because my mom made me, right? And, and me and my twin sister, we had to memorize these scripture verses. But some of these verses I'm going to be talking to you, like if, you, if they're not in your heart, these are ones to write on an index card, put them on your mirror, put them on your dresser, like look at them, put them on your computer screen. These are good ones to get in your heart. But this is Ephesians 6.12, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. See, this is what God's Word tells us. Jesus knew that there was a spiritual battle. The disciples were clueless. They, they did not understand the spiritual battle yet, right? And, and maybe there's some of us here, we don't understand that, okay, while we're a Christian in this world, there's a natural world that we see, and there's a spiritual world that we don't see, and we are in a battle. Right? That's what Ephesians 6 tells us. And later on, if you've never read the chapter of Ephesians 6, later on it goes into all the different pieces of armor that we should wear when we go into a battle. Like, you would never want to see a soldier going out there, you know, in a shortened t shirts Right? That, that would not be the way you go into battle. But some of us as believers, we don't understand that we're in a spiritual battle. And, and, and Jesus knew that he was in a spiritual battle. So, Ed talked last week about supernatural healings and, and how God can come and just move supernaturally. And, and I believe that. I've seen that. There's also a dark side to the supernatural. It's called Satan. It's called the enemy. He comes with his demons. And that's just as real, right? When, when you read in Scripture about people being exorcised of, of demons, I've seen that. I've participated in that. That's true. I, I, I know it might freak you out, but it is. It's true. And if we look at the context of Mark 4... They're heading across a lake. So if you've got your Bible or your phone, like just scroll two more verses. I didn't put it down, but just scroll a little bit. Turn to Mark 5, and look at what's happening right at the beginning of Mark 5. They, they travel through the night. They get there the next morning, and there's a demon-possessed man that meets them. And he's got so many demons, it's called Legion, right, because there's so many of them. And Jesus delivers this man. So I, I know that it looks like they're just heading across the water and, and a storm comes up. But understand, there's something bigger that's going on. Like Jesus knows where, what he's facing the next, next morning. The, the enemy knows that Jesus is on his way. And guess what? Supernatural storm right in the middle. Jesus didn't create this storm. It says he rebuked the winds and the waves. It wasn't from the Father. But yet it was something that they were, they were having to go through. Jesus took authority over it. So what about you and I? Can, can we say silence? Can we say be still in the middle of, of a storm where we're afraid? Again, this is another great scripture. Write this one down. Put it on an index card. Get it into your heart. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 says we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. So, so even though we're of flesh and blood type, we are humans, God says you, you can't fight spiritual battles by just trying harder. Like doing things in the natural isn't going to work. You've got to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. And God goes, here you go. I, I got a quiver full of them. Actually, I got a whole book full of them. It's called His Word. That's when we pray His Word, that is our spiritual weapon. That's the weapons that God has given us. To, to take authority over things and, and to be victorious. So this brings me to important point number one. Our fight is not always against wind and waves, right? The disciples, they didn't understand it was a spiritual thing going on. They just saw the wind and the waves, right? But in this instance, I believe Jesus made it clear. No, it's, it's deeper than that. Now, I want to just share an example about a time when I was really, really, really afraid, right? It, it was in college, um, I was an upperclassman, I don't remember, sophomore, pre-junior, junior junior year, but, you know, a number of years I lived with some friends uh, off campus. There was four of us in an apartment. And to save money, when I say off campus, like, we were off campus, right? I mean, campus in West Philadelphia wasn't the safest place, but when you go four or five blocks beyond campus, it really wasn't a safe place to be. And um, we'd had some issues. Our apartment had gotten broken into. One of my roommates had gotten mugged. But I had been safe so far, right? Nothing had ever come near me. And one night I'm walking home from, from studying down on campus, and uh, as I'm walking home, you know, if you're walking in the city at night, you got to be aware, right? You, you, don't, you don't turn around and look because now you're a target if you're looking around, but you just have to be aware of your surroundings. And I'm walking, and, and I realize there's someone walking about a half a block behind me. So, so as I'm walking, I'm going to cross the street and see what happens. I cross the street, and... Um, you know, as I cross the street, you kind of turn to look. It was a one-way street. Now, there's no cars coming. I don't hear anything. But that's my opportunity to, to look behind me. And I can see the person coming behind me, hood up. I'm like, okay, this is not a good situation. So my apartment is about a half a block away at this point. And I'm feeling, you know, the keys in my pockets. And I, I, got the, I make sure I got the front door key. I'm all ready to go. And, and I'm walking. As I'm walking, I pretend like this isn't my apartment. And last minute, I bolt up like the, the eight steps to get to the front door. I open the door in one fell swoop, slam the door. And as I'm slamming it, I see a person coming up the stairs. And like as the door closes, it locks. But my heart is pounding a mile a minute, right? I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what could have just happened? Like this guy, was he after me? What, what was going on? I, I mean, if he had a key, he wouldn't need to be following me up the steps. And he didn't come in right after me. So, so I get in my apartment. I tell my roommates, all right, I calm down. Everything's all good. Now, was that, was that a spirit of fear coming off up upon me? You know, what? I, I think it was just like a, a natural response to a situation that happened. I was afraid, but it's not necessarily a spiritual fear that's coming on me. Now, if later that night when I'm safe in my apartment and the windows are locked and the doors locked and I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm like, I'm, this terror is coming upon me, like that's the difference between being afraid and having a spirit of fear, right? There, there's the natural circumstance and then there's something that comes upon you. So I'll give you another example. Um, you know, a year or two ago, I wake up in the morning when I'm having my time of, of reading the Word and, and I'm drinking a cup of coffee. My nose runs constantly, right? And I'm sneezing. I, I always have a box of tissues because like it just runs in the morning. I don't know, that's the way I'm wired. Now I wake up and I'm reading my Bible, having a cup of coffee, and I start to sneeze. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that COVID? You know, my nose is running. Oh, my gosh, is that a symptom? Like, do I have a headache? Right? Everything we go through, like, this fear comes in us. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Like, normally you would never think this way. But now all of a sudden you start to think in, in like, this fear. We, we know what it's like. I, I can feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm having trouble breathing. There's a weight on my chest. No, that's just fear. That's anxiety. Like, I can take authority over this in Jesus' name. I'm not going to let it come on me. Right? And that's understanding the difference sometimes between a natural response to a situation and something that is a spirit of fear where God says, where's the fear from? God's not giving it to us. That's a spirit of fear. And we need to take authority over that. So our fight's not always against wind and waves, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just natural, and sometimes it's spiritual. You kind of have to discern which one is it, right? But we know this. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So, so when I start to feel in the morning like, oh, my gosh, there's a heaviness in my chest. Is, is, <coughs> was that, a, is that a COVID cough? Is that a regular cough? Like, I, I don't know. All right, God, I'm going to come against the spirit of fear. Lord, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you, Lord. And I just start to pray the word and and I personalize it and and pray that and know that, okay, I I don't have to accept that fear coming on me, right? So so recognize that there is a difference um, and recognize what's the enemy's job. Do you know what his job description is for the devil? The Bible tells us. It gives us a job description for the devil. Right? This is his job description. We find it in John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus said that I come that they might have life and they might have it to the full. Right? So, so sometimes I'm in this situation and I'm not sure. Is this just natural or is this spiritual? Okay, is my life being enriched right now? Am I living it to the full or am I feeling like there's a little bit of stealing, killing, and destroying going on? Right? That's, that's sometimes how you understand. Is this a natural thing or is this a spiritual thing? Right? But But I think what's really, really important as we go back to Mark 4, Jesus said that night, he said, silence, be still. There was a spiritual battle that was going on, and he spoke to it, and he spoke truth to it. He said, silence and be still. And we can do the same thing. We, we We can speak to our situations and speak out and pray out the word of God, and God has given you and I the same authority in Jesus' name that Jesus had. But if we, if we go back to the story in Mark 4, Jesus now asks a question to the disciples. So, so he says, silence, be still. And he says this question, why are you afraid? Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't say, what are you afraid of? Right? He says, why are you afraid? And, and I love this about the Lord. like There's always a surface reason for what's going on in our lives, but Jesus wants to go a layer or two deeper than that. As he's saying, not just what are you afraid of. So, so help me out here. Is there anyone that you would say you're going through a storm right now in your life or you know someone else that's going through a storm? Would you raise your hand? I need to recognize my stormers. Okay. I, we got a good representation of stormers here, right? So think about the storm you're going through and try to tell me what are you afraid of. Right? And I think pretty quickly, I'm not going to ask you to call it out, but pretty quickly we could probably mention, okay, you know what? I'm afraid of losing my job or I'm afraid I can't make my car payment because I lost my job or, you know, there's a medical test and I'm afraid of the results. I'm waiting for the test results to come back. Or maybe it's a relationship issue, right? Where, you know, I thought I could believe this person and now I found out they were lying to me and I don't know what I can believe anymore. I'm afraid, right? We can determine what we're afraid of pretty easily, but Jesus is going deeper. And he's saying, no, not what are you afraid of. Why are you afraid isn't that a good question, right? We, if you're going through a storm, not just what are you afraid of, why are you afraid? And, and I love what it says in verse 40. Jesus kind of gives them the one, two. Bam, bam. Not just why are you afraid, but do you still have no faith? Now, man, if that was me, I'd be crushed. Like, what? Jesus, you think I got no faith? Oh, no, I'm a loser. I'm a loser Christian. But you know what? For where the disciples were, their relationship with Jesus was not that old at this point, right? They were still pretty new to following this teacher. And, and we even get a clue, like, what did they call him? They, they didn't wake him up and say rabbi or master or lord or messiah. They wake him up and they just call him teacher, right? So, so that kind of gives us an indication of where they were in their relationship with, with Jesus at this point. They had seen him do some miracles, but it was always to someone else or for someone else. And now, like, in this situation, Jesus, we're going down. Like, I'm going to die right now. And all of a sudden, silence, be still, and their life is saved. Like, it became personal in a hurry for them, right? And Jesus says to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is not a slam on them. It's 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 a location for them. You know, Jesus is taking the whole GPS and kind of locating them at this point. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And, and, and I think it brings us now to point number two. That faith is the answer to fear. See, they, they had no faith because that's their location. But Jesus is saying, like, if you had faith, you wouldn't be afraid right now. Why? Because, you know, what? When, when Jesus is in the boat, we don't have to worry about a thing, do we? Right? So, so now for you stormers out there, right, I'm not necessarily saying, okay, if you've got fear in the middle of the storm that you have no faith. But Jesus is kind of telling that to his, his disciples. And I think we can personalize that same message as well. Not always a situation, but you know what? There is this relationship. Faith is the answer to fear. They, they really go hand in hand. You know, after first service, someone came in and uh, she had on a couple layers. She unzips one and, and opens up another and she's got a t-shirt. T-shirt says, faith over fear. And I'm like, yeah, that's the message right there, right? Faith over fear. They, they do work hand in hand. So what do we do in the situation where we have fear? Let's get honest, right? We all have it at times. What, what do we do in the situation if we know that faith is the answer? Like, okay, maybe I don't have faith right now to believe. All right, it's a location. It's not a condemnation. It's a location. I don't have faith to believe right now. God, what do I do? All right, God tells us what we do. Romans 10:17. Again, this is a great one. Write it out on an index card. Get it from your head to your heart. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? So if you've been coming to this church, you know, getting in the word is something we preach about often. Right? Because why? The word is how we gain faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're in the middle of a situation and you're fearful, you got to find out what does God's word have to say? How do I go, dig into his word, and now I'm going to start to pray his word back to him. And I'm going to start to to understand his word, let it sink into my heart, and personalize it. So, you know, sometimes I I think to myself, after I go through a situation, like, what could I have done differently in that situation? Maybe it was an argument, maybe it was a situation, but I I like to, Monday morning, you know, you look at the the game film from Sunday and decide, what's going to to be my game plan for, for next time I find myself in a situation like this? So imagine if you were a disciple and, and Jesus says to you, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Like now you're looking back on that saying, "What? what Jesus, what could I have done differently? If I had had faith, what would I have done? And, and maybe, maybe this is what they could have done. They, like Psalms were written at that point, if they knew the Psalms. 2 Timothy wasn't around yet. It hadn't been written. But Psalms, they could have said, as, as they're bailing, right? Jesus is sleeping, water's coming over as they're bailing. They could have been saying, God, you're my refuge. Lord, I'm trusting you right now as my strength. Help me bail. God, you're always with me. You're always going to help me in times of trouble. They could have taken his word, and just right in the middle of the situation, they could have started to pray his word and start to put one foot in front of the other and just bail faster, hopefully, than the water's coming over, right? Jesus is in the boat. So they don't have anything to be afraid of, but yet... They were afraid because they didn't have faith in who he was. They didn't really understand who he was. Right now, I'll, I'll go to the Second Timothy 1, 7 scripture and I personalize it, right? God has not given me a spirit of fear. Lord, this fear is not from you. I know where it comes from. It's not from you, God. Because God, you've given me power. You've given me love of a sound mind. So when our faith is in Jesus, we know two things. The boat's not going to sink and the storm's not going to last forever. Right? So if you're in the middle of a storm right now, I want to encourage you with these two thoughts. Right? If Jesus is in your boat, if you've given your life over to him, you don't have to be afraid. Right? COVID is all around us. If you haven't gotten COVID yet, I haven't gotten it yet. You know, I'm not afraid of it, but I'm going to use wisdom. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to do those kind of things. But... You know, if I wake up in the morning saying, Is today the day that I'm going to be dying from COVID? Oh my gosh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Like, that's a fear that's coming on me. No, that's not from God. I need to just say, No, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear. The boat's not going to sink if Jesus is in my boat. And the storm's not going to last forever. Your destiny is not your storm, your destiny is to go through the storm. But now, here's the deal. Right? I'm a very results-oriented person. When I pray, God, you answer my pr-. like. I know my prayers are answered when they're answered with a yes. Right? Anybody with me? <laughs> you pray. You want God to always answer your, your prayers with a yes. Otherwise, He hasn't answered my prayer yet. Like no is a, is a valid answer. Wait a while is a valid answer. Right? But sometimes we always think God, you've got to answer my prayer with yes. God is less concerned about the answer to our prayers than he is about what we're learning in the midst of having to pray those prayers, right? That's, that's what God wants to do in our lives. So the storm is, whatever storm you're going through, it's not going to last forever. So how did the disciples respond to Jesus? It said that they were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. You know, and I went back and looked in the Greek. At first when they were afraid... Right? When Jesus asked, why are you afraid? He used the Greek word delos. That's translated fearful or faithless. So he's asking them, why do you have no faith? Why are you fearful? When he says, why are you afraid? And and now when they're terrified, it's a different Greek word. It's not the same Greek word, why are you faithless or fearful? This Greek word is phobeo, which means to be in awe or to revere. Right? Something happened with them. It's, this, it's the same Greek word, frankly, when, when the angels came and spoke to the shepherds about Jesus' birth, and it says all the shepherds were terrified. This is the same Greek word. They're terrified. They're in awe. They're in fear. like They're recognizing this is, this is bigger than this is God. Like, wow, something is happening for them in that moment. So that takes me to point number three. Failure in faith is the doorway to a greater vision. See, see, they failed in their faith. Jesus said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, you or I would take that as, oh, God, I'm so sorry. It's a location. It's not to condemn you. Jesus doesn't condemn us. That's not how he works. He doesn't work by shame. Like, he wasn't like, what are you, what are you, a bunch of wussy fishermen? Like, you're afraid right now in the middle of a storm? Come on, I thought you guys, like, you're used to the. He didn't say any of that. It was just a location. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And see, something happened in that moment. They, they went from this terror and this faithless to this awe and revere of who he was. And, and a door opened to them to give them greater vision. So, so when we have a, a lack of faith in a situation, just know this. In your midst of lack of faith, God has something for you right, right there. He wants to meet you and give, him a, give you a different perspective of who he is. And that's exciting. It's like, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that next failure in faith that I might have. But, but like whenever you have a failure of faith, God meets you right where, where you are. So failure in faith is the doorway to greater vision. All right, the last point comes from verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus says to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now we already said, all right, whose idea was it? It was Jesus' idea. But if we make it personal, for, for those of you that raise your hand, you're going through a storm right now, right? Or you know someone that's going through a storm. Ask yourself this question. Is the storm from God? Like Jesus intended for them to get on the lake that night, and, and then the storm came up. Like it was Jesus' idea. Were they, were they doing the wrong thing following Jesus, getting in the boat with them? Like sometimes we're in the middle of a storm and we're like, oh, my gosh. Like this must be because I've sinned. It must be because I'm, I'm not doing something right or I should be praying harder. No, this, that was God's intention, right, sometimes for us to, to, to get in the middle of a storm. And, 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 and I'm not saying for your storm if God intended it or if he allowed it, right? Sometimes we, we, we find both. But just this past week, I've been reading in Genesis about the story of Joseph, right? If you're familiar with the story, you understand what, what's happening with Joseph. And, and when he finally sees his brothers and then his brothers recognize him and, and they have the big reveal— Joseph says this to his brothers, don't be upset with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. What? Like the the, the brothers are thinking they screwed up selling Joseph into Egypt. And he's like, no, no, don't be upset with yourself. It's God who sent me here. It wasn't you. It was God who did that. Like all those years of storm and, and false accusations in prison and being forgotten in prison, Joseph has now recognized that was God's idea. It wasn't my brother's mess up that got me here. So I can't tell you if God is allowing your storm or God's creating your storm, but I can tell you this, he's using your storm. And and the question is, are you going to have spiritual eyes to say, God, show me what it is that you're doing. God, I'm going to surrender. I want to learn something about this storm because you know what the fastest way to get through a storm is? It's to let go of trying to get through the storm. (laughs) If if you let go of the, God, I got to have this answer, and you start seeking him, God's like, uh, you know, the answer is trivial to God. He could do it like that. He's waiting for us to get a hold of what is he trying to show us. And and I found the fastest way through a storm is when I surrender to him, and I say, God, show me what you're trying to teach me. Oh, yeah, I got it. All of a sudden, boom, storm's over, daylight's out, sun's out. It's a wonderful thing because God is less about the result and more about what he's working in your life and in my life. So that's important point number four. We're in the storm for his purpose. And I can't tell you if he created it. I can't tell you if he's just allowing it, but I can tell you he's going to use it. And, and don't ever think that what you're going through is, is not for, for a purpose, right? God, God does everything for a reason and for a purpose in our lives. We just need to trust him. So if we have fear and, and we, we want to we wanna overcome our fear, we got to understand that our fight isn't always wind and waves, but sometimes it's, it's deeper than that, right? So, so ask yourself, what's behind my fear? Not, not just what am I afraid of, but why am I afraid? And, and perhaps this morning, your fear, the, the basis of your fear is that you're not really trusting God. You don't have faith for that situation. I'm not saying you don't have faith at all. I'm just saying in that situation, you don't have faith. Like that's a location. That's not a condemnation. So now what, what do you do? Faith is... The, Failure in faith is a doorway to a greater vision. God, show me in your word how I, how I overcome. Show me in some of the scriptures we've looked at. As I start to pray, I, I start to get a better sense of who you are, and I start to rise up as a believer. God wants to strengthen you through whatever you're going through. That, that's, the, that's why you're going through it. And then, you know, let's just recognize that sometimes we're in the storm, Well, not sometimes we're always in the storm for his purpose. Whether he allowed it or created it doesn't matter. He's going to use it. Could you stand with me as we close in prayer? So if you're facing fear today, I, I want to, as, as we close our eyes and bow our heads, I want to ask you, why are you afraid? Is your, is your fear coming perhaps from a lack of faith, that you don't have any faith? Because you know, if, if that's the reason, if, if this is not just a fear that's a result of a natural consequence, something that's happened, but it's a fear that's a spiritual fear, like Jesus is here today. And, and we can come to him and pray boldly. That's what his word says. We can come to his throne room of grace boldly because of his blood. And, and we can take authority over this fear. So if you have fear today and you believe this is not a natural fear, this is a spiritual fear, just raise your hands to heaven and let's pray together. Father, we come against these fears in Jesus' name. And we say silence. Be still. Lord, I I thank you. Your word says, God, you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. So we reject the fear. We rebuke the fear in the name of Jesus. And we receive your love, God, your unconditional love. It's not based on what we've done or or haven't done, Lord, but it's unconditional. We receive your love. We receive your power. Lord, change our thinking so that we've got a sound mind. We're not tossed around by the lies of the enemy. So, Father, I thank you that you are our anchor today. We look to you, God. We receive your love. We thank you for your favor. And I pray your blessing over each one here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us online. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you all.